Well, I'm very excited about today because I'm going to get to talk about the gift of prophecy. I'm going to talk about being eager to prophesy. So uh, I'm going to stir you up to prophesy. That's that's my heart. And this is the last in our Gifts to Go series. And uh, we're going to look at the... Last time we looked at the second half of 1 Corinthians 14 where Paul talked about spiritual gifts in the context of worship and how they're being used to strengthen the church. So a healthy church on Sunday should strengthen and build you up on a Monday. That's what we're going for. That's what we want to see. And all the gifts have this emphasis on building up the church, but especially when it comes to the gift of prophecy, which Paul says is the greatest gift, and it must be pursued above all others. So that's what I want to talk about today. So if you'd like to turn to 1 Corinthians 14, I'm going to read verses 1 to 5 and verse 39. So 1 to 5, first of all, here we go. Follow the way of love, which Becky spoke on a few weeks ago. This is what we're doing. We're following the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Indeed, no one understands him, but he utters mysteries with his spirit. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Whereas he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. And I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. Because he who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets so that the church may be edified. Verse 39. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. So this is the part of uh, 1 Corinthians where Paul says that prophecy is the greatest gift. Why? Because it builds up and strengthens the church. And he uses three key words to tell us how this is done. He says, everyone, verse 3, who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement and comfort. That's verse 3. And this is what the purpose of prophecy is. Strengthening, encouragement and comfort. So strengthening, first of all, Holy Spirit-inspired prophecy should have the effect of promoting another's growth. That's what Strong's Dictionary says. So when you receive a prophetic word, you should feel affirmed and confirmed by the word that's been brought. Prophecy shouldn't be undermining, it shouldn't undermine your faith, it shouldn't leave you weakened or in despair. So it should bring strength to you. So in other words, it should say, what you're doing, do more of. Where you're going, go even further. Where you're reaching, go higher. Where you're digging, go deeper. Or just well done. That's what it should do. It should strengthen you, encourage you like that. Encouragement is a different word. It's the same root word as is used in uh, John 14, where it's used to describe the role of the Holy Spirit coming alongside. The advocate, the counsellor, it literally means one who comes alongside to assist and to support. I mean, imagine that God himself, by the Holy Spirit, is helping you. That's pretty cool, isn't it? He's coming alongside. He's coming alongside. 
He's standing alongside. He's with you. He's for you. He's not against you. He's here to encourage you. And this aspect may especially be evident in a time of redirection or adjustment, advising you, bringing wisdom. It has this dynamic sense of urging you in to all that God has for you. Come on, you can do it. I'm with you. I've called you. I've chosen you. I'm believing in you. Go for it. Take the next step. You are called. You are chosen. That's the Holy Spirit. That's what he does. He comes alongside, urging you into the purposes of God. And it's amazing how many times Alison and I, over the years, have been given prophecies that become like good friends on a confusing journey. Do you know what I mean? We keep returning to them. Yeah, do you remember it said that in the prophetic word? Let's just go over that again. Let's just pray that through again. You're going to hit the lowest point and then it's going to turn. It's going to shift. Things are going to come against you, but you will overcome. Words like that. Amazing. They, they comfort us. They strengthen us. They encourage us. And it puts courage into us so that we can keep going. And then thirdly, this word comfort. And this is a different word. It, uh, yes, obviously a different word, different sense, but it has this sense of words being whispered into your ear. They're gentle words of comfort and reassurance. And, and they're given with a great degree of intimacy and tenderness, more than the other two words. And these words are words that allay our fears. They bring peace to our hearts. And for me, it's a bit like a parent who goes into a child who wakes up in the night and said, it's all right. I'm here. Daddy's here. Go back to sleep. It's all right. You're safe. I love you. Words of comfort. And so these three words used to describe the purpose of prophecy with slightly different emphasis. Encouragement is, come on, keep going. There's words of strengthening, coming alongside. I'm with you. I'm for you. And words of comfort, those words that come very close, very intimate words. They're all different modes or styles of encouragement because, you see, encouragement is the life and breath of the prophetic atmosphere. We need encouragement if we're going to be prophetic. If we're going to prophesy, you know, if you start getting negative, if you start getting critical, if you've got that atmosphere, completely undermines the prophetic. Prophets can't operate in that atmosphere. They become very negative and difficult to handle. They get damaged by it. But where there's encouragement, the prophetic flourishes, and without it, we're lost. We can't function in that gift. And prophecy, you see, is always encouragement, because if it isn't, it can become a curse to you. And I've had to pray with people that have had negative words spoken over their lives, and they've become like curses to them. And we've had to break the power of that curse. If ever, anybody's ever said anything negative in the guise of prophecy, you, you're free to reject it. Turn away from it. It's not from God. That's not God. It may be the person's opinion at best. It might be something else at worst. Um, we, we were sharing this when we were in Russia in November about how the spirit of prophecy is encouragement. And I heard just a couple of weeks ago that one of the churches has got all of the prophetic words out from all of the years and ceremonially ripped up every single one that's negative. And they said it's the most exciting thing that we've done. Prophecy in the New Testament is about encouragement. So do you need encouragement? Do you want encouragement? That's what prophecy is about. 
I just I felt like I wanted to bring some encouragement to a few different people today. Is that okay? Simon and Becky, could you just stand up the clays for a moment? I, I just I just felt God wanted to encourage you both. And and they're, they're apart, they're separated several rows apart. And I just felt, um, you guys, this isn't particularly a prophecy. I just want to encourage you. But you'll see that encouragement opens up the prophetic. So I'll try not to prophesy. But I just value you guys so much. You are such an example to us. And I just... Oh, hold on a minute. Yeah, everybody else has wanted to join in on this. That's what encouragement does. But, you know, your kids are amazing. The way that you're bringing up your kids, you're so diligent with them. I just love the way that you look after your kids. You're training them so well. And you're doing such a great job. And I know it doesn't always feel like it. You don't always get the thanks and the praise. But I want to just do that to you publicly. And Simon, you and your job, you're so diligent in your job. And I know you work so hard. And yet you work so hard with us as well. And the pair of you are just such an example to us. We just really appreciate you and want to honour you. Uh, I think you're great. So, so. Um, And Alex, I just wanted to encourage you. Could you stand up for me? I just feel, Alex, I feel... uh, I've been thinking about the the story of David and Goliath uh, in relation to you, and I feel like you've been... I say I'm prophesying, can't help it. Uh, uh, But I feel like you've been coming up against a big giant uh, in in the place of your work. And uh, and I just felt like God wanted you to know that he's alongside you at the moment. He is the sling. (laughs) And he wants to give you some rocks to throw. (laughs) And there's different words on those rocks, and, and they're, they're words of authenticity, they're words of peace, they're words of strength, and they're words of encouragement. He's strengthening you to bring the downfall to a giant, which is a structure that has militated against God and man, actually. And that God's giving you real favor. And he said, remember how David came against Goliath. He didn't come with weapons. He says, I come against you in the name of the Lord. And, and that, that's where the rocks come from, the name of the Lord. And, and I just felt God wanted to encourage you, to comfort you actually. Uh, he is very close to you and he is with you and he is for you in that situation. And you're going to see some turnarounds and some encouragements this year that you've been crying out to God for. You carry an atmosphere of encouragement and the enemy hates encouragement. And he wants to just bring discouragement, and you've come against that somewhat in your in your role there. So obviously I know some stuff about your job, but I felt God just put you on my heart to encourage you this morning. You're doing a great job, mate. Yeah, thank you. And, and you know, we're talking about how we can use spiritual gifts in the secular as well, not just at church. At church is where we practice, we learn how to use them. But we can do it wherever we go. We can encourage people wherever we go. You know that, don't you? So, like, Alison and I, we love going to parents' evening because it's our opportunity to encourage the teachers. And we just do that. We take every opportunity to just keep encouraging them. Thank you for what you're doing. You're doing such a great job. We know you've got a really hard job, even though it wasn't quite up to standard this year. Uh, we, we just love what you're doing. <laughs> And uh, just want to encourage. You can break out into encouragement at any time. You know that, don't you? And if you are a believer, a spirit-filled, Holy Spirit, 
God-loving, man-loving, women-loving, mankind-loving person, you carry the atmosphere of encouragement with you. That's the culture that we live from because we have been so encouraged by one who loves us unconditionally. And when you know that, when you know his love and you know his acceptance, we easily move into encouragement. So get ready to encourage. Encouragement is the purpose of prophecy. It's the purpose of prophesy. So that's good news. And and that's why I think Paul wants us all to prophesy. To be eager to prophesy, because with it we'll cheer one another on to do good things. We're kind of heaven's cheerleaders on earth. Did you know that? That's what prophecy is about. I know you're imagining me in a tutu now, but. (laughs) Some of you were, I knew it. But we are heaven's cheerleaders, the ambassadors of Christ here on the earth, preaching good news to everybody. We don't go to condemn. Jesus didn't come to condemn. He didn't come to condemn. He came that all men would be reconnected to the Father. And that's the ambassadorial mission that we're on. Amen? So encouragement is what prophecy does but how do we then actually prophesy how do we get a prophecy for somebody well prophecy uh wayne mr wayne grudem says so it must be right uh telling in your own words something that god has spontaneously brought to mind and so prophecy is learning to recognize what god is communicating so that we can tell other people Learn to recognize what he's communicating. Do you understand the prompts of the Holy Spirit when God is trying to communicate with you? It's not as difficult as it sounds because he is talking all the time. Literally all the time. He is not a silent God. He's not a quiet God. He communicates I love that verse in Job 33. It says, for God speaks in one way and in two, the man doesn't perceive it. And that's the challenge. It's not that he's not communicating. It's that we don't often perceive it. We don't understand that God is trying to speak to us. Um, And I wonder sometimes if, if this idea of God speaking is part of the problem. Because if you talk about God speaking, it kind of focuses your attention on your ears. You're trying to listen. God's speaking, so I'm trying to listen. But he doesn't just speak, he communicates. He's a communicator and he wants to communicate with us. And it seems to me that he'll do anything to get his message across. I mean, have you read his book? I mean, thousands and thousands of years, God has been communicating with man, and man's been misunderstanding him. It's not that God hasn't been communicating. It's just that we've not always perceived what he's he's saying to us. We've not always understood it. So the Bible, I mean, that is a book that is full of God's communications. Uh, And it's our standard, of course, for and the foundation for all that he said or will ever say. Even what we think we hear or that we perceive from God has got to pass the test of what does it say in the Bible about that. And it seems like most people hear from God 
When I say hear, I mean communicate. Do you understand? It seems like most people hear from God through the Bible. Uh, for example, a, a particular verse or a passage or even a whole story just kind of comes back to you in the moment or it leaps out of you, leaps out at you as you're reading it. It's like God's highlighter pen. You ever experienced that reading the Bible? It's just like this. Why is that? It's like neon lights. This particular verse is just beating out at you and you don't know why. And it's kind of a pause. And let's see, what are you trying to say there, God? Um, and it also, I mean, it's a really good place to start in terms of prophecy. I find that quite a lot of my prophetic words will come from scripture. They'll have a scriptural basis just as I brought for Alex. It was the story of David and Goliath that just spoke to me for him. And, and that's why that had been in my heart for him. But using a scripture and even putting the sense or a summary of a passage into prophetic form can be a very refreshing way for people to hear from God. So you don't have to stand there and read a long passage for somebody to get your prophecy. And Esther demonstrated this so well by just quoting or or summarizing a psalm as part of her prophetic word. It, It can be a really helpful way. And how about using this as a... I mean, I don't know if anybody else ever struggles to read the Bible. I I mean, I'm sure there's nobody here that ever finds it difficult at any time. I mean, the John Grisham novel just stands on the side and the Bible is just worn out, you know. Has anybody ever struggled to read the Bible? But how about reading the Bible not just to learn information, not just to learn theology, but how to look at it as God's communication messages and what are you trying to communicate? What are you communicating to me? What are you communicating to the world? What are you wanting me to communicate to other people through what I'm reading in the Bible? How about reading it like that and see if it changes your understanding of the Bible? So the ability to prophesy is about your relationship with God and his word. And having an ability to think biblically will stabilize your words and experiences of God and help you to think clearly as you communicate what he is bringing to your mind. So God is a great communicator. I just want you to get that. If you get nothing else, he is a great communicator. He loves to communicate with his people. He is always trying to get our attention. We just need to perceive it. And uh, I just want to take you through a bit of unpacking of that, I guess, Um, and use the five senses. Because in my experience, God communicates using any of our five senses. So, for example, sight, what we see. God can speak to you by the physical things that you see. Literally, physically, with your eyes, it can communicate to you. We were going to a funeral a few months ago, Alison and I, and... Alison looked out the window and said, oh, look, there's a rainbow over the cemetery where we're going. And, and then it was over the church when we arrived as well. It kind of moved somehow and there was a gap between, which meant it was raining, you know, but it was obviously a promise of God's faithfulness in a tragic situation. And Alison was able to share that word with the family. And the family then said, but rainbows were really significant to our daughter, the one who died. That's really meaningful. Thank you so much. God communicated because Alison was looking outside physically and said, oh, rainbow, rainbow. 
God's trying to say something. He's trying to communicate to the family. So keep your eyes open and ask God questions, especially when you're out and about. All kinds of things or all kinds of people can uh, grab your attention because he wants to speak to you or through you to them. So develop this habit of talking to him throughout the day. It's not people talk about quiet times, but crumbs. I've got too much to talk to him about to just fit it into a quiet time. If he doesn't come with me throughout the day, and he's got so much to say, he's so chatty. He can't possibly fix it in, fit it into one quiet time. Take him with you wherever you go, whatever you're doing. Involve him in your day. Develop the habit of just conversing with him. Alison and I were in a bar on Valentine's Day. <laughs> so, you know, we go on some dates, you know. Valentine's Day, and we're sitting there, and uh, this waitress just grabs our attention. We can't stop looking at this waitress, and we're talking about it. Why? Why has she got our attention? It's nothing particularly. There's no particular reason to be looking at her, but she just stood out for some reason. It's just like she had a glow, and we look at each other and we say, "Oh, this is a God moment." Lord, it's Valentine's Day. Oh yeah. He wants to communicate something on Valentine's Day to this young lady. So we called her over and said, do you know what? You really stand out. You just really affect the atmosphere of this place. You're meant to be on the stage or something. Do you dance? Do you sing? You've just got such an atmosphere about you. You're amazing. You just so changed the atmosphere of this place. And she said, that's amazing. I've just come back from France. And I've been on the stage out there singing and dancing in front of people. She said, and my mum's always said to me that that's my destiny to be on the stage. And I've just started taking steps in that direction. Thank you. That's really encouraging. We were able to just encourage her. We didn't even give her the gospel. We were just able to encourage her because we could see that God was up to something and we were able to encourage her for that. So it's not always what we physically see, but keep your eyes open. It, it, it can be that God speaks through an impression and that, that isn't a physical thing. It's about being observant. It's about looking for clues of what God is doing because as Jesus told us, our Father is always working. He's always working. He never stops. So here's some things to look for, some impressions. Look to look out when the atmosphere suddenly changes when somebody enters a room. Have you ever experienced that? Have you noticed how, how easily a bad mood diffuses through the room? They just enter the room, you just feel this, oh. Or a good mood. But look out when the atmosphere changes when somebody enters the room. Why? What did you feel? Somebody probably needs your help or encouragement. Don't come under the atmosphere. Somebody probably needs some encouragement today. Get ready to encourage them. Get ready to go close and find out what's going on. Ask the Holy Spirit, why are you making me aware of this change in the atmosphere? What is it you want to do? Look around. What can you see? Who can you see? And get ready to, 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 to act on that. Secondly, it could be just you meet somebody. I don't know if you ever experienced them. There's a kind of familiarity, like you've met them before. You don't know why, but it's bugging you. They remind me of so-and-so. Or, and, then, and then you wonder, why, why is it that a person reminds me of that person? And you just go into, Holy Spirit, why are you drawing my attention to them? What is it about them? 
uh, I had a prophetic word for somebody recently because they reminded me of another friend of mine. And as soon as I realized that, I realized that what distinguished my friend was something prophetically that I needed to communicate to this other guy. So what distinguished my friend was he doesn't quite fit the box. Nobody can quite stick a label on him. He's one of those kind of jack of all trades guys and master of quite a few things as well. But you wouldn't say, oh, he's definitely this or he's definitely that. He's just got one of those very broad gift mixes. And that's what I brought to this guy who had never met before, who reminded me of him. And he burst into tears. He said, that helps so much because everybody's trying to get me in a box. I think if I get in a box, it'll be a coffin and I'll die. <laughs> wow. So he just reminded me. So look out for that if somebody reminds you. Or there may be a literal word on somebody's clothing. So like Phil here has got Reliant K on his clothing right now. As soon as I saw that, I just thought, yes, Phil, that sums you up. You are reliable. You're somebody that can be relied upon. You're, you're there for people. You've got that anchor kind of weight about you. Uh, and it just drew my attention earlier that he's the kind of guy that he's got good character. You can rely on this guy. And it's just the word on his clothing sums up prophetically who he is. Or it could be a nagging sense of something you need to do. Um, the Holy Spirit can really nag you. Anybody experience that? We only experience that negatively sometimes, where we've done something wrong. Okay, Everybody knows that. You've done something wrong. You've upset somebody. You've offended someone. You've sinned in some way, and there's this nagging. And you feel really uncomfortable, and you can't rest until you've sorted it out. It's also a positive thing. God wants you to do something positive. So I was in a petrol station... And I was filling up my car, minding my own business on a Sunday evening, and the Holy Spirit starts nagging me. He says, that, that lady, that young lady on the till. I said, what about her? That young lady, young Muslim lady, you need to go and talk to her. Yeah, but I'm filling up petrol, and it's Sunday evening, and I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, and she's on her own. And it's not right to talk to a single lady on her own. Suddenly, somebody walks across and goes in and is in the shop with her and stays in there for an inordinately long time. <laughs> Finish filling up with petrol, go in to the petrol station. The Holy Spirit says to me, she's really upset at the moment. Yeah, yeah, she probably is, but I don't know what to say to her. Seriously, this is how I am. I am not that good at this stuff. I find it embarrassing and difficult and awkward and all the rest. And anyway, the person who's in the shop then goes out. And I think, oh, yes, I don't have to bring it like that. So I then go out of the shop, get back into the car, and the Holy Spirit comes and says, get in there. So I get out of my car, take the seatbelt off, go back in. I said, look, I don't know if this means anything to you, but ever since I've been filling up my car with fuel, I've just felt God wanted me to say something to you. And still I don't know what I'm meant to be saying at this point. And then as I start to speak, the words come to me and I say, it's about your mum. You're really worried about your mum at the moment. I think she's sick at the moment. Is it your mum? She said, yes, it's my mum. I said, and God the Father, he really loves you and he cares about you. And he wants you to know that she's going to be okay. She's safe. She's going to be all right. She's going to recover from this illness. And she bursts into tears. She says, thank you so much. And I walk out and go home again. Guys, he wants us to talk to people about him. 
You don't even have to give the whole gospel. Just go and encourage somebody. Just go and say something lovely to them. Just be aware of the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And whenever these things happen, I know I've been a little bit sort of jokey and flippant about my discussion at the petrol pump, but it is right actually not to rush into things. Just ask some questions. Just ask God for some help. Ask him to confirm some things. Take your time over it. It's okay. He's in eternity. He's not in a rush. And if you don't end up bringing that word, that's okay. We we had we were in Birmingham recently, and I felt a strong impression for a young lady that just passed us. And I looked for the opportunity. We talked about it. We tried several times, and it just didn't happen. So I said, okay, God, we're just going to pray for her then. And we just prayed for her uh, without her even knowing. We're part of the link in the chain. It's okay, we can trust him that he will work it out. So um, I I think of impressions as as signposts that are meant to catch your attention, to ask questions and dig a little deeper. So another form of seeing is through visions. So visions are like vivid dreams that happen when you're still awake. Remember the occasion in Acts chapter 11 where God says to Peter, kill and eat as this sheet is let down from heaven. And that was all about reaching the Gentiles with the gospel. And and this can happen, a vision can happen quite suddenly and unexpectedly any time or any place. Wouldn't it be great if you could just order them, like Amazon? All right, God, I want a vision about now. That would be really helpful. But I've never found that to be the case. I found they just suddenly come. I was driving down the motorway on the M5, and this vision is so clear, it's almost obscuring my my view. I can see, but I can also see really clear vision. And God starts speaking to me about the banking crisis that happened a few years ago, and said there's a big recession coming, and giving me the, the vision, but also the interpretation with it. Um, but it can happen just out of the blue, Uh, without you even seeing it. A friend of mine, Julian Adams, is a prophet from South Africa, uh, sees visions like a film playing in front of him. Wouldn't that be cool? And and the pictures may be still, or he might see a whole, you know, MGM with the lion and everything, whole movie, you know. I've never had that, but I'd be quite up for that. Wouldn't that be cool? And, And he sees it over people's heads. He sees the vision of their life playing over their Wow, that's really cool. I haven't got that. But I have found that deliberately trying to see sometimes helps me to get a word from God. So I was asked to go and speak at a church a while ago, and I prayed and I prayed, but I couldn't get a word of encouragement for them. Not because there's nothing to encourage them in, but I just couldn't get it. And I was trying to hear from God, trying to feel something from God. And the Holy Spirit says, look, just look. Look at the church. In the spirit, look at the church. So I literally looked at the church in my spirit and I suddenly saw the foundations of the church that they were good. And I saw that in the foundations was intercessory prayer. I saw that there was breakthrough coming for them because of that, that God had heard their prayers and was able to bring this word and really encourage the church. So sometimes, don't just try to hear, don't have feel, just try to look at the situation, look at the person uh, and ask God to speak to you. And I often find when I'm praying for people that I see, tend to see, especially for healing, see what God is doing, and I'm able to pray prophetically in line with that. I hope this is helping. 
I'm just trying to let you in a bit on what I do. but It might be different for you, but hopefully it will help you to uh, explore a bit yourself. So that's seeing dreams. Yeah, those are visions when we're asleep. Because, you know, God so wants to communicate, sometimes he'll even do it when we're asleep. Sometimes that's the only time you can communicate with some people, right? Because <laughs> you, you don't sit still long enough. But he gets us in our sleep, and he's really committed to that. And in our culture, dreams are often dismissed as random events, um, the things that don't make sense, or the unconscious mind and all sorts of things. So Christians have tended to not pay much attention to dreams and have dismissed it as some kind of weird new age thing. Can I encourage you not to do that because actually the Bible is full of examples where God speaks to people through dreams. Nebuchadnezzar about years of famine, he wasn't even a believer. Um, and often God will speak to unbelievers through dreams. An interesting thing to do is to go into your workplace and say, I had this dream last night, it was really weird. And then they'll all talk about their dreams. And then you can say, oh, I wonder what that means. Hmm, maybe God is trying to speak to you through that dream. Have you ever thought that God might be trying to communicate with you? It gets you into all kinds of really interesting conversations. Um, there's a lot that could be said about dreams, but here's, here's, in a nutshell, the dreams that are from God are distinctive, um, and that they can even wake you up. They can have a kind of an insistence about them. They come back to you vividly during the day. Um, especially if they're suddenly obvious or relevant. or But there is a kind of vividness to the dreams, in my experience, that, that God's trying to communicate. God doesn't tend to speak to me so much through dreams. He tends to speak to Alison a lot more through dreams, and she has really vivid dreams, and God will speak to her in that way. But if you have a God dream, the meaning will either be obvious and apparent, or it needs interpretation. So if it's not obvious or apparent, it needs interpretation. This is really complex stuff, isn't it? And so you can ask for the gift of interpretation, or you can share your dream with a friend, somebody who has the gift of interpretation. We covered that last week. You can ask for the gift of interpretation, and uh, and then you can start to discuss what it might mean. Uh, because there are all kinds of pictures in dreams that we that we need help to see if we're to understand what God is saying. And if there's no clear interpretation, but it still doesn't go away, then in my experience, it will come clear at some point in the future. So I had a dream. Do you fancy having a go at interpreting a dream right now? And uh, you can just shout it out. If anything's really off, then I'll just be polite, so don't worry. Um, I had a dream. It was just before Christmas, actually, so there's a little clue, timing. And in my dream, I was walking across a room in a house in Exeter where I lived for a period of time uh, as a teenager. And I knew I was in Exeter. I don't know how I knew, but you know how you know things in dreams. And as I was walking across, this is a bit unpleasant. Okay, so just bear with me. If you're a bit squeamish, put your fingers in your ears. But as as I was walking across the carpet, really embarrassingly bits of skin were falling off my feet and leaving a kind of impression of skin 
It wasn't very nice. It was quite unpleasant. And then a lady walks into the room, a lady called Carol Heal. Now, she's a lady I knew when I was very young, but haven't heard or seen or anything thought about her for, I don't know, 30 years maybe. I don't know when I last thought of her. She's not even on Facebook or anything. But she suddenly walks into the room. She was an old, older lady when I knew her. So goodness knows how old she is now. And she said, um, oh, you need some help with that. Looking at the trail I'd left behind and I was a little bit kind of embarrassed about. She said, I used to be a chiropodist and uh, I can give you some treatment on your feet. I said, that's, that's amazing, that's wonderful. So I sat down, and she gets out these towels, and she gets out these ointments, and she starts washing my feet and, and rubbing them with these oils. It was the most delicious experience. I was lying there, I said, oh, this is just so lovely. And then I woke up. You know, just as it was getting really good. Have you ever had a foot massage? Well, I had one in my dream. It's really cool. So any thoughts about that? Just shout out a few things that come to mind. Do you want me to review again? So the skin bit, walking across the floor, Carol Heal, Exeter. Exeter. This was just before Christmas. Any thoughts? It's probably not, you don't have to think too much. The initial thoughts. Brilliant. That's really good, yeah. So it's good to bring a verse into, bring an interpretation. Really? Reflexologist. Yes. No. Wow. Brilliant. That's really great. I love that. Yes. Um, when Jesus washed the disciples' feet, that's brilliant. Brilliant. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're heading, it's the places you've been leaving impressions of where you've come from. Uh, and now God's stepping in and going, let me walk with you. Wow. As, as they kind of look back, like all the stuff that's happened, mm. all the stuff you've kind of marked, some good, some bad, God's going, right, here's the, here's, here's, here's replenishing your feet for the next, next leg of the journey. Wow. That's great. You've got a leg in there as well. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, Mark, it's the last one, and then we'll move on. I noticed that the name, the surname was here. Yeah. And your feet have some sort of issue with your feet. Mm. Um, Right. Wow. Wow. That's really encouraging. Well, I'll tell you what, I feel like God's spoken to me, and um, it's a lot of what you've already said, but the first thing that came clear to me was about legacy, leaving something behind that others can follow, about the importance of leaving a legacy. Um, And the thing about uh, Carol Heal, Carol is about Christmas, so that could be relating to timing. Sing carols at Christmas. And heal is about healing. And I felt like God was saying that he's adding healing to our ministry here. And to expect something to happen around Christmas. And that, so I started to pray into that. And that's 
Tom got healed, if you remember, just around that time, quite a miraculous healing. We've seen a number of other healings as well since that time, just just that promise. And I'm really expecting next weekend to be an upgrade for us in that, that God's going to add miracles to us. That's what I felt like God was seeing. And, and I loved having my feet massaged. That was great. That was some healing that was needed from the past. God just brought some healing right into the midst. You know, sometimes God will do stuff in your dream that you can't do when you're awake because you need anaesthetizing. Especially when it's healing and it's painful, God will just sometimes bring healing into our lives. Oh, we're kind of running out of time. Um, I thought that might happen. So, um, there's, so there's any of the other five senses. If I just quickly go through those, we've got another five minutes. So can you cope with another five minutes? Yeah. There's so many stories I want to tell you. That's the trouble. Um, but thanks for that. Thanks for the help with that. That really encouraged me, actually, some of the things that people said, and it kind of connected with me. Um, so thank you. So hearing. So seeing, hearing. Again, it can be your physical or spiritual ears. Do you want to hear another, do you want to hear another weird story? The, so a few weeks ago, I had an answering phone message uh, on my mobile phone. And I, I listened to the message and the voice said, I recognized the voice straight away. It's a friend of mine. And she says, Rob, I'm in trouble. I need you to get me out of here. Um, I need to come and talk. And that was the end of the message. And I, and I put the phone down thinking, oh, that's, that's worrying. I wonder what's going on. And, uh, and I thought, hold on a minute. He's not even phoned me. How did that happen? So I go back to look at it, and there's no missed call. And I thought, oh, maybe there's a fault with my phone, all this kind of thing. So I listened to the message again. It wasn't that guy at all, and it wasn't that message. It was something completely different, and it had nothing to do with that man or the problems that he was going through. That was weird. Literally hearing something with my ears... And so I just thought, well, I think this is a prophetic thing. So I just left it. I didn't do anything with it. I thought, I'll just leave that with you, Lord. If you want that guy to call me or anything like that. Anyway, this guy, who I think I've heard, calls me two days later. And he phones me, chat, 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 all this, this, and everything else. Like, come on, say it, say it. Go on, say it, say it. You're in trouble. You need help. Come on, say it. He didn't say it. Didn't say anything. It was just nice and chatty and a nice catch-up call. And then I get to this point, I just said, look, I've just got to say this to you. Sometimes prophetic stuff happens to me. This is what happened. I told him about the voicemail message. He goes really quiet on the end. He said, that's exactly how I feel. And I do need to come and talk to you. And I said, wow, that's amazing then. And then what's really cool, a couple of days later, the other guy who actually left the message which was a completely different message. I said, do you know what a really funny thing happened? You'll love this, I said. I had this message, and it was my friend, and he said, actually, that's how I'm feeling too. (laughs) (laughs) So it can sometimes be literally what you hear. God can literally speak to you. Another time I was in a prayer meeting, and I could hear a literal shepherd's whistle with my physical ears. And God leaves me a passage in Isaiah about the nations being whistled to and coming, and uh, that was a calling for the church I was in at that time. So it can be physical ears. Um, so look, be alert if somebody su- suddenly somebody starts telling you stuff. So I had a gas man turn up at my home. He suddenly starts telling me, oh, hello, Mr. David, come to service your boiler. Oh, my back. 
thought, that's a bit weird. Anyway, goes in, goes in to, gets his tools out. Oh, he said, my back's killing me. I said, oh, right, okay. Third time. Oh, my back is just really killing I said, do you want me to do something about it or what? <laughs> Be alert when somebody starts telling you stuff. And I end up praying for this guy. And he, he feels heat going down his back. And I don't know if he got fully healed. But he was asking. He was asking for something. Be alert when somebody starts suddenly telling you their problems. Use your physical ears. Use your spiritual ears. This is like an internal audible voice. It can speak a particular word or a sentence. and It's something you've not made happen. You've not been thinking about it, perhaps. But it usually comes quite firm and clear. For me, it often sounds, this voice, like my own conscience speaking. You know how your conscience speaks to you? Or is that just me? Yeah, it gets quite chatty sometimes. And uh, it comes with a quietness and conviction. And, and it's like indelible ink written across your spirit. Yeah. Um, so I got woken up one morning. There's a guy coming to visit. And I was staying at my mum and dad's house a few years ago. And he says, tell Tom I'm opening up a new work for him in Eastern Europe. And he used to take it. That was all. It was really, really vivid. And I've never met this guy before, didn't know anything about his situation. And I shared that word and he said, that is exactly what I'm thinking about at the moment. Thank you. And he did. He went and started that work. Smell and taste, uh, other senses. That's often in the area of, um, for me anyway, it's often about discernment more than prophecy. You're discerning something. You're smelling something in the air. There's something that's just... uh, unpleasant perhaps or lovely lovely smell um and touch being aware of changes of atmosphere heat and cold that often works with the discernment gift um but also the other way around you know when people when you pray for people you can often feel things as you pray for them and get a different kind of prophetic experience also feeling sympathy pains in your body god sometimes will make you feel the pain somebody else is feeling so you can pray for them. So if you're ever feeling pain in the office one day, say, all right, who's got the bad neck? Just do it. Just see what happens. You know, it'd be fun, wouldn't it? Okay, closing remarks. God wants to communicate with everybody. All right? He wants to communicate with you. And if you thought it was only for people that are really gifted, it's not right. He, he, he is the communicator. And he communicates through the Holy Spirit. Slightly off subject, but um, one of the things I've realized being around New Frontiers for a while is we've got quite a strong teaching model uh, as, as a movement, which is a great thing, you know, really strong on teaching. But we don't all hear sermons through our ears in the prophetic. We don't always hear words. There's touchers, feelers, seers, Different kinds of gifts. So I was sitting down with Becky Webb. She won't mind me saying this. Sorry? Oh, Floy. <laughs> I just can't get Webb out of my head. Never mind. So sitting down with Becky, Floy, I said, you're a really prophetic lady. I said, why don't you prophesy more? You know, because I can be quite blunt like that. You know? And uh, so we go through an activation process. I said, okay, well, let's just try a few things. Um, Why don't we just sit here and hear from God? Just sit here and say, what's God saying? And prophesy over Alison. She was the willing guinea pig. And so she said, "Mm, no, not really hearing anything. I said, okay, okay, try something else. Why don't you touch her? 
See if you get anything. Put your hand on Alison. Say, what are you feeling for Alison right now? She got a little bit because she's, she's quite tactile like that. So she got a little bit. I thought, no, no, this isn't quite doing it. I said, okay, open your eyes. Now just look at Alison. Tell me what you see. And then, whoa, this massive download. She starts seeing all this stuff for Alison, past, present, future, and goodness knows what else. I said, all right, you're a seer. Um, it's just useful to know. It's just a tip that I've learned. You know, try out hearing, feeling, seeing in your prophetic gift and see what makes a difference. Experiment with it. And I found that there are different seasons in your life. So earlier on, it used to be hearing more for me. Uh, and then it's become much more seeing these days. A definite transition into seeing. So there you go. So in a nutshell, hearing from God is about believing, first of all, that he wants to communicate with us. That's faith. We just have to have faith that he does. Secondly, it's about being open to him. That needs to be cultivated. Uh, it needs to become part of our lifestyle, just being open to him, asking questions. And thirdly, heaven is always encouraging. So learn to encourage other people. And I suspect that more, more of us are hearing God than we realize, but few of us actually listen. Sorry if that's a bit blunt, but he is communicating all the time. It's just that we need to learn to discern what he's saying. He's communicating with us all the time through all the ways that we've talked about. And so we have to learn to tune in and also find out how God has made us. What kind of communicator are you when it comes to God's voice? So I know there are a number of artists amongst us. And and guys, um, you know, Esther, we were talking about this last week. Esther communicates through art quite often. She does verbally as well, but she will do a, a picture and get a prophetic word through the picture, and that is the prophecy then that needs to be um, interpreted. Okay, so we've just gone over time. I hope you'll forgive me on this one occasion, but I wanted to share that with you and encourage you and, and build you up. Um, I want to ask you to take a risk over coffee and just try some of this stuff out. Why don't you just try and bring a prophetic word over somebody uh, and maybe just grab somebody now even and say, look, can we, can we practice on each other? Let's just see if we can hear some prophetic words for each other. Um, and can I just say, don't try to do long words. We, we have far too many long words. God hardly ever says anything in long sentences. He's very often just, what you're doing, do more of. All right? So just try and keep it simple and just try and communicate some words to encourage one another as we close.